We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Christina Hagopian is founder, president, and creative director of Hagopian Inc., a branding agency in New York City. Our professional relationship has spanned almost 20 years, and over that period, I've seen her business grow and flourish. She recently shared a desire to evolve things a bit, and I was eager to know more. I am pleased to share my conversation with Christina. You have obviously created a very successful business over the past, I guess, 20 years. I'm I'm on year 17. Oh my goodness. So um, there's been many evolutions. It started out as me alone as the sole designer and then grew exponentially, much to my uh, dismay and, 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 and thrill. And now we're in a new chapter. So you are looking to make a change and to extend, expand, shift. Uh, you tell me what the word is and just tell me a little bit about what you're, what's going on in your head. I'm trying to think of it as not as doing something different, but as the next phase. It's using all of the skills that I've culminated over the last 20 years of career and 17 years of the business. It's, it's funny because as the world is pausing, this has been brewing for a long time. Mm. I thought when I first started my business, the whole concept of having being a business owner versus an employee was that I would have time to create my own work and have a both art and design arm to it. I used to call my Fridays Inspiration Fridays and go to art galleries and do all these things. But as time moved forward and I was creating cards and, you know, all these little side projects, as the business became more successful, I had less time for all of those things. And that was always a goal of mine to have both. Um, and what you realize is you can only be, you can only have your attention on so many things in one day and where do you want to feed it? So after 20 years of feeding this beast, I want to kind of go back to my roots of, of the, the real creation and the act of creation, which was always why I fell in love with design to begin with. Um, So that's where this next evolution is heading and wanting to create something for myself and my own brand. I've spent uh, my entire business helping other brands launch and now it's a time to kind of reinvent and expand. So were you surprised that you were not able to have the time to do the creation of your own stuff? Like when did you realize, oh, I actually am not going to be able to fulfill that part of this goal. It's kind of like a wave that you, I was taken on, right? Um, I was swept in it and I absolutely loved it and you know, was enjoying this ride. It wasn't a conscious decision and it wasn't it, where the, it, the business just got so much bigger where I wasn't even designing a lot anymore. I was creative directing and overseeing all the design, but I had to oversee the business and bring on more designers. So they just changed the dynamic of 
of everything. So now I want to go back to being the creator. So tell me about being a creator. And when did that start for you? Were you an artsy kid? Was that something that was part of your childhood? I know most kids, we take art class in elementary school. Yes. So that's always, you know, something that is, you know, everyone is exposed to. But um, when did it start to take hold or when did it activate your brain in a way that was maybe different from others? Um, I was very multifaceted as a child. I was a swimmer. I was a, a studious student. I was, you know, curious, but I did always have this creative side. My mother, being the single mother of three kids, saw each of us and really nurtured our strengths. So she saw that I had this strength and would put me in um, art classes and ceramic classes and you know, community programs and, you know, anything that she saw that I might be interested in. And I, and I did really thrive in it. I do think that my path to a design career, I've, I've mentioned this multiple times where I had a specific junior high school teacher and, and high school teacher that saw it and guided me. And what, um, was, I, what, what was their name? Mrs. Sandy Hammond. She actually just passed away of ovarian oh. cancer last year, actually this year, uh, after a long battle. And uh, But I've visited her many times during my adult life to thank her. Uh, she was the one that handed me a pamphlet for the Carnegie Mellon Design Program and said, Christina, I really think you should look into this. It really is this culmination of both art and design and science where I think you would thrive. And I took a summer program there in between my junior and senior year and that really launched my entire adult existence <laughs> of my career. But she was the one that saw a design side of my, uh, my art already. Um, I was creating, in high school, I was creating like, I was on the yearbook or doing yeah. covers of albums or swimming team t-shirt designs. And she saw that and nurtured it and, and really fostered it and, and gave me a path to how I could create a career. And this was a time in life where no one was making money as a designer. You know, right. this was free web. This was 19... 93 there was no internet to make money as a designer yeah. so this was a true leap of faith yeah what um where did you grow up northern virginia right outside of dc and Fairfax. okay okay so you grew up in a um like a suburb suburban suburb yeah you weren't out in the country no. um, so this this story where there was a teacher you know, a single teacher that sort of changed your path is something that I hear all the time on this podcast, Christina. That's why I asked the name because everyone usually just rattles off this person's name. I um, mean, I get goosebumps, you know, thinking about, well, if I hadn't had her, like, yeah. what would I have been? What would, what would my life have been? Like, yeah. you know, she really... That yeah, that's, so why, that's why I think teachers are so important because you never know what kind of impact they're going to have, you know? I mean, you could have, if you didn't keep in touch with her, you could have moved on with your life. And she may have never known the she kind of impact. Me. She found me. Oh, okay. She found me on uh, Facebook a few years ago. And 
and said, she said, I, oh, it was almost like this moment of like, this is your life where she was like sending me old drawings and paintings that I had done and printmaking um, pieces. And, you know, where she said, I always knew that this is, you would thrive and I'm, I'm not surprised you have your own business. It was almost like this like window into the future and into the past. It was incredible relationship that I'm so grateful I had and and I don't know if I could have uh, expressed my gratitude enough to her. Creativity sparked your brain, activated your brain, it resonated with something about you so much so that like people on the outside were observing this. So now you're looking to reintegrate that into your life. Um, in a way that you're creating your stuff. In your current business, you're using your skills and your business skills and some of your creativity to solve you know, business problems in a sense exactly. for, for other people. Now you're doing, you know, n- now with this looking to add on these new activities, it's going to be creating stuff. So describe that. Like what is it yes. that you, that process of what you want to be doing? Well, I have a couple of big ideas brewing and they are both design and product related. I've always had this desire to create a line of products that I've created. What, you know, I've dabbled in them when I do self-promotion for the business, whether that's thank you cards or uh, gifting, different personalized thank yous for our clients every year. So this would be an extension of that, but much more fine art uh, rooted, whether that is fine printing or fine ceramics that I've been creating for several years. So there's a different aspect to it. Uh, the act of creation will be much more personal. Um, there'll be Pers- Personal meaning made by you or it's going to be personalized to the recipient? Made by me okay. um, or, or designed the structure in which it's going to be gifted will be made by me. Um, the, everything from the packaging and the branding and the logos and that all the things that I've been doing in my life, the, the, the way that it's delivered will be very high crafted. Now it's finding the right audience price point and all the business side of my head that I have to kind of like try not to squash the creative process, knowing how, like I've mentioned to you, there's, there's challenges to launch a brand and challenges to launch a product line or challenges to create a art-based business. Um, So how do I monetize that without killing the creative process? Yeah, I know we were talking about this before we started recording. Yeah, that's, that's tricky because there is a lot of this stuff around the business that kind of uses a different part of your brain. And then there is the creating these fine art artifacts which is uses a different, you know, another part of your, your brain, I assume. And right. sometimes I know for me, it's very difficult to switch back and forth. So how are you, so you have a lot of stuff to figure out. I you do. Have a lot of, it's not even just really solving a problem. You need to figure out the path, the plan, you know, the strategy, all of this stuff. How do you figure out those big ideas? Do you go to the beach and go for a walk? Do you go running? Like where, how does, how does that work for you? It's definitely been an evolution. There've been percolating ideas, you know, dot walk 
walking my dog or, you know, just being alone in the ceramic studio as I have been um, growing that for the last couple of years on the side, you know, in the quiet is really when I've always had all my design, design ideas, business ideas, find the, the moments where it's the subconscious and conscious kind of mixing together, the quiet moments in the shower, the, you know, lot, that moment when you just wake up or lying, going to sleep, those types of half conscious uh, moments are when I personally get the most ideas. So I've been trying to give myself that quiet and taking on less of the business work right now to do that. And also just looking at other uh, work out there to get my inspiration to see where is there some white space? What is what are other ceramicists not doing? What are other printmakers not doing? What are other fine printers not doing? So that there might be an audience that I could fill. And because I know from my design business head is there's so much competition in one space. Where can I grow the work that also feeds myself, but can also serve a need in the market? Um, so again, it's this balance of creating, but creating from your heart that you want to make it, um, but also knowing that if it's going to be um, generating money, that I have to think of that too. So there's so many ideas brewing that I have to funnel and kind of compartmentalize and create a process and a almost a little mini business plan for it. So that what you just described would overwhelm many people. Um, and you know, so much where they would be like, forget it. Um, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go, brain works. I'm going to go watch PlayStation or go play PlayStation. Uh, but you obviously have a history of solving problems, thinking big, making it happen. It sounds like you're in a really good space. One thing that I have noticed about myself over the 20 years of being a designer is the more I'm on the computer, and the more I'm in the day-to-day -day of the business, the less creative I've become. You know, if you're just swiping and scrolling and, and budgets and, and phone calls and, you know, the day-to-day -day of the business, that is where my, like, creative soul was starting to um, become absorbed, right? So I always was, I was always looking for other avenues to feed the creativity, to help counter. And that's when, you know, the hobbies started coming in, the ceramics started coming in. Let me get off the computer. Let me just make something with my hands. Let me cook. Let me do something that I will be off of a monitor, off of a keyboard, off from the scrolling, um, and where the creative brain can thrive and have an outlet and I find that that is so important and I tell all my designers that they're well, I don't care what it activity is to do something that you're off the computer for more hours than we are and so this is this next generation is to feed that is to to really live that and see how creative now can you be sans digital when you've spent 20 years on the digital the one thing i have sadly experienced is a lot of my startups that have worked with me i call them my graveyard of startups where um, i think that's why i'm overly cautious and overly analytical about the idea before we start is 
when I've seen where they haven't done that market research or where they haven't done thought about what you are creating to have a place for it, they just think that if you build it, they will come, you know, how will you market it? How will you find your, your people, right? I mean, I think that's part of why there's a challenge of, I, I would love to just make stuff just to make it and not need an audience. Um, and in fact, that's probably why it's held me back for so long to not do it is I just wanted to make it and not have to worry about selling it. I just wanted to do it for the act of creation for myself. Okay. So, so just so I understand in your business, you've worked with a lot of startups um, to help them with the branding marketing yeah. aspects and some of them or many of them did not work out. So this is something that you are very much involved in. You know the people yeah. personally. You've probably experienced their disappointment with them. Yeah. And, all and a of lot them. of money uh, put to money. put into it. Um, a lot of money put put into the website that they're selling it on, the the marketing efforts that they you know, yeah. the market dollars placed, you know, I have, would love to, to, to see, well, how are other artists selling things that aren't doing any of this? You know, we've, can you, can you create a, a marketplace where you don't have to think about this? So, you know, I don't necessarily want to only to be on an Etsy, right? You know, you want to be more high level than that. So if you're going to get to that, next level how do you think about that okay so the idea of just doing what you want to do and you know living your passion and the the money will come right and i believe that to you a do certain, believe that i do believe that this much and then i've seen it happen where the reality of that is not true right where you if you are good and my and my my uncle's favorite um uh, saying the cream always rises, right? You know, my mom kind of beat that into me growing up too. If you're good, the work will speak for itself and yeah. there will be an audience. And I do believe in that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But I, there's another part of me that's the practical side of me. That's also like, how do I push that along? How do I make it easier for that to happen? Um, and, and is that creating the white space? It's something that no one else has. It's a certain style that no one else is doing. A certain, like, it has to be different, right? Yep. It has to be unique and it has to be where you're not just filling in the noise of the marketplace. Um, otherwise, there's a hundred other people doing it and probably doing it better. I want to be the one where they're doing it a little bit different. I think the one thing that I have um, learned over time as, as growing the design business is I surrounded myself with other entrepreneurs, other design business owners, as well as other business owners so that I can learn from their failures, their successes. I would love to talk to other artists, just hear what are your failures? What are your successes? What worked for you? What didn't work for you? And that's just knowledge sharing that will only benefit from sharing. Yeah, I think that that is so important, staying connected to other people that are experiencing um, similar challenges or doing similar, similar things to you. I know that as a artist, you know, a lot of times I'm just in the studio by myself and I have in order to produce the artifacts that I, you know, put out into the world, um, that's where I am. I'm not in an office. 
So in order for me to stay connected with other artists, I have to, it's, it's work. Like I have to plan it. I have to make it a priority each week. And I would say that the results that I have had, you know, the successes, a lot of them are due to those connections, whether it's an idea that I've gotten from, from another artist, whether it is um, a lead to a new client, um, that happens a lot. And if I was just doing it solo on my own, it never, you know, I would not have had any successes or few successes. So I think that that is really important for people listening to this is that you really just need to stay connected. Uh, it's my my business for 18 years, 17 years, where I'm on, um, ran, it has run 100% off of word of mouth um, connections, networking, marketing, uh, who we know, um, the, the relationships, and that my business networks, the, who, with the organizations that I joined, the organizations that I aligned myself, that's why I've been reaching out to anyone doing something similarly, asking questions for you. How did you make the transition from the developer to the project manager to the artist? Um, that is very uh, interesting to me. I want to have those conversations and build that community um, and, and learn from your learnings as well as others. If you, people listening to this, do you have any tips for them for coming up with the next thing for themselves and to, to make a transition? I would say that that quiet space, that, that, that little um, you know, nudge in your stomach or that little voice in your head that's kind of leading you, I would say explore it. I would say maybe ask yourself some additional questions, uh, do some more Googling, uh, take notice to those moments where you're, where all those, oh, I wish I had done that, or I wish I'd been, I wish I thought of that, or, or I wish I went down that path instead of, you know, all the people that say, oh, I have this idea, but then don't do anything with it. You know, I think it's the only way to, is to explore it and try it. Yeah, I would agree. See if it has legs. Yeah. But it, it related to those quiet moments, one thing I've mentioned this on the podcast is um, going for walks without your phone. No phone. Huge. So it's just you, no music, no nothing. Um, and you're just listening to whatever, the noise of the street. Oftentimes you'll come up with these ideas. And, uh, and we're so lucky in you know in 2020 that there's so much information about everything yeah i mean when i think back to that 2002 year when i did start my first business i didn't have nearly the resources that are available now there was no instagram to follow other designers or um you know anything of that sort so i think the tools that we have now is you can be overwhelmed by them Sometimes the exterior often is you're self-critical, you're comparing yourself, you're, you, you know, you can't, it's important to filter that uh, outside noise. Um, and I think that's, will be a wonderful journey to be on. Something to be excited about the next phase. Okay, great. Well, I am really excited for you. And, and I can't wait to see, I can't wait to watch this, this expansion 
or or what are we, what what word are you calling it? Is this um, Agopia Inc. Two point Is this Christina Hagopian Two point If I knew the name of this phase, I would I would call it something. It's definitely next gen. You know, next, gen. next you know next generation, next phase. Um, might be my midlife forty five year moment. Um, but uh, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, it's, it'll be an adventure and I will definitely, um, take you on that ride with me. And yeah. I'm, I'm watching you. That's really how this all came about. Um, and, and others that have taken that leap before me and, and thrilled to see, um, the, the transformations in others. Well, thanks for talking to me today. Thanks, Rick. So wonderful to, um, to be a part of this and I'm excited to see where you're uh, future and your artistry goes as well. My name is Ricky McGuckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.